You're listening to the Psychedelic Invest Podcast, where we speak with founders, CEOs, investors, advisors, experts, and thought leaders in the brave new world of psychedelics and entheogenic medicines. Brought to you by Psychedelic Invest, bringing you unparalleled psychedelic investing data and analysis. Psychedelic Invest is the industry's leading resource for those looking to invest in the burgeoning psychedelic industry. For more information and to access all of the podcast episodes, check out our website at psychedelicinvest.com slash podcast. And now, here's the host of the Psychedelic Invest podcast, Bruce Eckfeld. Welcome, everyone. This is the Psychedelic Invest podcast. My name is Bruce Eckfeld. I'm your host. Our guest today is Doug Fickelstein. He is Community Empathy Officer and also founder at Empathic Health. We're going to talk to him about the work that they're doing, really helping develop the community around psychedelics and really understanding how psychedelics impact people, the opportunities, the things you need to put around it. One of the reasons I'm really fascinated by this space is that you know it's more than just medicine. It's more than just the molecules. It's more than just the drugs. It is a whole process. It's a whole journey and involves a community, involves really kind of treating people in a holistic way. And this is a really fascinating part of the space, and, and Doug is really doing some interesting work and has an interesting story behind it. So I'm excited for the conversation. I'm excited to learn more. With that, Doug, welcome to the program. Thank you, Bruce. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, so before we kind of dive into you know what you're doing today with in terms of building community, what's the background? How did you get into this? What was your professional background, personal background? How did psychedelics play out or come into uh, play for you? Give us the journey. Give us the backstory. Yeah, for sure. So... It all kind of started when I was 13 years old. I started taking Propecia, this chronic hair loss medication. Yeah. I saw all the males in my family were bald, and I thought, free hair, sign me up. I just have to take this pill. (laughs) And then just like that, yeah, yeah, all my problems will be solved. You will be shocked to learn that it didn't exactly work that way. (laughs) Um, I'm floored right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It led to uh, a variety of of unwanted side effects, um, physically and, and mentally. And I, I suffered with, I was never clinically diagnosed, but what I certainly identify as depression. And mm-hmm. I was on this until I was 23. Um, okay. You know, I, I think I knew that the, the drug was causing these issues, but I risk, you know, I stopped taking it. I lose all my hair. And just as a, you know, teenager, yeah. early 20 year old, I just wasn't ready to accept that or risk it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was 23. I found a community online of other people that were taking this same drug and they were sharing just absolute horror stories of their experiences. And some of them I resonated with, some I am thankful I did not, but I did not want to risk those one day more. So I thought, you know, what's the point of having a little extra hair on my head if I'm not going to enjoy the life that I'm living with that hair? So I quit taking the the drug the next day and, a few months later, as I started to kind of get it out of my system, I found meditation. I think I just started with, you know, two minutes just sitting on my bed um, and not doing anything. And, you know, that, mm-hmm. that works because I didn't have any other background in meditation. And that's developed now into a 20-minute practice in the morning. I'll usually use Headspace or sometimes I'll try, you know, just kind of doing it with no music or anything like that. Yep. And, you know, ever since that practice started, I've really just become a much different person where... 
I am eating all new foods and much healthier and exercising more appropriately and wanting to travel and try new things where I definitely was not like that. You know, when I was on this medication, I was very much just kind of in my own bubble and and just wanting to get through things as opposed to wanting to enjoy the wonders of life. So when I was 25, one of those wonders of life naturally was psychedelics and specifically psilocybin containing mushrooms. And, you know, I, I pretty much had the opinion that I think a lot of people do today. That is, you know, kind of what the government and media portrays it as that, you know, you're going to jump out of a third story building and (laughs) and you're going to go insane. It's only for hippies at Woodstock and all that stuff. Uh, But I think, you know, all the research coming out now does a a very good job of supporting that, how that's not the case. And we continue to see great research every day and week coming out. But, you know, I, I was 25 at this time. I started to do some research online and try to find out what I could so that I could feel comfortable pursuing this medicine. And everything I could find was on websites that looked like they were made in the 1980s by like a 12 year old, like very, you know, dark webby and forum based with total anonymity. So you don't know who's giving you this information, if they're trolling you, if they're being serious or not. There's no credibility or or safety when, you know, we're dealing with compounds and plants and medicine that are very capable of being abused if yeah. uh, if you don't have the proper information. But I was able to get what was enough for me to feel comfortable that I had a good grasp on this. I brought along uh, what I thought was a a trip sitter facilitator and turns out just to be a sober person (laughs) uh, (laughs) for my first experience, which now I know from from experience that those are two very different things. But fortunately, it was enough for me to have a very good first experience. And after that experience, you know, I was working in finance at the time in Manhattan. Uh, I no longer wanted to be doing that. Go figure. (laughs) Uh, Finance was not moving the needle for me spiritually. So I took some time to recalibrate. I quit that job. I decided to go to graduate school to figure out you know, what I wanted to do with my career that I found more um, rewarding as a profession. So I ended up at UCLA Anderson's Business School getting my MBA. Uh, I graduated from there in June. And while I was there at school, it's a two-year program, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, for a career perspective, you know, all of my good friends at school are doing banking, consulting, the traditional MBA routes. Yep. And uh, I knew I didn't really want to kind of go back into that world, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So on the side, you know, every three or four months, I was having similar psychedelic experiences, um, most times with, with mushrooms uh, out in nature, mm-hmm. which is a bit more of a recreational uh, spin than and kind of what I've gotten into with empathic health, but very therapeutic yep. for me and for the people that have come along with me. And what I realized during you know eight, nine of these experiences is I absolutely love bringing with me people that have you know never experienced psychedelic medicine or maybe did in college but had a college experience, which yeah. is often not intentional. And you know you're at a party and someone happens to have mushrooms, and you're like, well, I guess tonight's a mushroom night. Like didn't really. <laughs> Didn't really put in the surprise, surprise, right? Didn't really put in the thought and and foresight that these medicines um, don't require, but are often very, very helpful in ensuring the most beneficial experience. So, yeah, I I was going on these experiences and realized that, oh, this is something that like I'm always looking forward to. I really love doing. I love talking to my friends afterwards and seeing, you know, not just how their day of the journey went, but after, you know, how has it impacted their life? How are they approaching relationships differently and their work 
and you know where their passions lie and and kind of that um, that integration that often does not get talked about enough. Yeah. So in August of 2020, I was coming down from a journey of my own, and I thought, you know, um, a student entering my last year of school, no idea what I want to do. If there was ever a time to do something that you know might be stupid, probably fail, but it's something <laughs> I could try to make Recover on my from. own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I have a chance to recover if I do something now, and that just gets much harder as you you know develop a career and start a family and have kids and all of that. So now would be the time. So like, if I were to do that, what would I want to do it in? And it just kind of clicked. It's like, well, I love introducing this medicine to people and helping them to integrate it into their life. I know firsthand from my experience when I was 25 how hard it was to find that information in a trustworthy setting online. So if I could provide that service for, you know, more than five people every few months and do it for as many people as I can that need it, then I think that'd be a very valuable thing to provide to society. So that's where the idea for Empathic Health came of a very safe, integral, secure community. And that is the reason that we're invite only. So uh, Mm -hmm. members can invite other members. And if you find us organically, you have to go through a screener process to make sure that you are value aligned with the the community. And if not, you know, I'm sure you will get there at some point and we'd be happy to have you then. Yeah. Uh, but really ensuring that integrity of, of what we're doing and who we are and what we stand for. And, yeah. you know, inside the community, happy to announce we'll be going towards our own app, which may be out at the time that this podcast comes out, which is very exciting. Exciting. And yeah. we'll have everything from specific topic channels to learn more about microdosing and how mycology, so growing and cultivating your own mushrooms, how psychedelics can impact your creativity, so writing and art and fitness and things of this nature. We'll have virtual events of sound baths and breath work so we can kind of connect with each other in in the places that we're not physically together. And then I'm really excited to dive way deeper into the in-person local aspect of having city meetups for, you know, our contingents in various cities and countries to abroad where we can have in-person hikes or sound baths or even just, you know, board game nights and really bring together these like-minded individuals that understand the power of psychedelics as a foundation for living an intentional life and to find other people like that, that you can kind of share your practice with, learn from theirs and so on. So uh, really excited to just kind of integrate the community, even though it is a integration community itself and really make <laughs> yeah. it make it this place that is you can, you know, on a Saturday, go on a hike with some community members Tuesday, do a virtual breathwork class with some of our members in Norway or Amsterdam. And then, you know, Thursday, you're answering a writing prompt or reflective writing prompt about the intention that you set on Monday. And, you know, you have people holding you accountable in the community to try to manifest that intention. So some exciting stuff for sure. I'm curious in your personal experience, when you started getting involved in this, what was the benefit? What was the experience? What did you gain from it? And then how have you seen that kind of impact other people? And is it similar? Are you seeing people have you know similar or different experiences than you did? Give me a little insight in terms of the kind of the why behind this. Yeah, that's a great question. So I personally, on the the journeys themselves, there's just the feeling that like, okay, I get it. Like I, I understand mm-hmm. the the trauma I had 
why that's there and that I need to work to process it and and release it over time. And, you know, the the things that I'm working on, like I need to cut that out or the people in my life, I need to, you know, give this person more time. I need to call my mom more, which is yeah. always true for anyone listening. <laughs> anyone um, listening, do that one. <laughs> yeah, it's those, that's the experience during it. And then it's, you know, okay, now that, I have all these lessons that the medicine has showed me. How do I bring that into my day-to-day life? Because, you know, that next day, you'll probably come out of it thinking like, all right, I know, you know, who I should be connecting with. I know what I should be spending my time on. I know what project I want to start that I've been putting off. And then you'll hopefully do these things. But, you know, over time, doctor's appointment comes up and then you have to go to your kid's soccer game when you were going to work on your art project and then you don't have time for that. Like life gets in the way and that that's always going to happen. And it's certainly not a bad thing. But, you know, as the medicine kind of wanes, you know, over the course of days and weeks and months, you kind of lose touch with that, that feeling and those lessons you learn. So that's why integration is so important to you know, make those effects last longer and, and show that you value the importance of them and you're keeping them in your life. And that's where the you know, intention setting and accountability becomes so crucial too. But then also, you know, that kind of influences you know, how you work with these medicines where, like I mentioned, my personal practice is about three to four months between any journey. That's about the time that I've found is it's been long enough that the lessons have kind of have waned a little bit and I'm, you know, life has, has gotten in the way a little too much where maybe my, um, my North star is not as clear as it was coming out of the past one. And it's time to get, you know, another brain reset and kind of recalibrate myself and my body and know what is worth prioritizing and where I should be spending more and less time so that I'm doing the best I can with, with this life. I'm curious about the format or, or how you kind of structure the experiences. I mean, you talk about doing solo trips. You talk about having a trip sitter. It sounds like you're supporting kind of group group experiences, whether it's you know mediated or facilitated by someone therapeutically or you know from a shaman kind of point of view. I mean, what's, what's your I guess what's your focus, or is there any? Do you have a focus on what type of experiences you want to create or help facilitate, and how how do you see kind of the the world of possible experiences people can have with psychedelics? I love this question, Bruce. <laughs> I get I get asked it all the time from an individual standpoint of, you know, I've seen the news or like I've seen the yeah. recent studies. I, I've been on SSRIs forever. Like, what should I do? Should I just go do mushrooms? Should I acid ketamine? Yeah. And I give more or less the same answer every time is the answer you're looking for is out there, but you need to find it. And that yeah. comes from doing research into these studies that are coming out. A large part of it is talking to other people that have had various experiences and learning from their perspective and what worked for them and what hasn't worked for them and seeing who you connect with and who you feel like, oh, this person is like me, this has been working for them, or they had the same condition as me and they have found this helpful, but this hasn't been. And you know, you can kind of shape your what looks right to you and feels right and get that kind of familiarity with the space where it's not as intimidating as the things you hear of people jumping out of buildings and that nonsense. It's like, oh, these are medicines that people have been using since humans existed yeah. to to help with our our mental, spiritual, physical health. Now, what does that look like for you? Well, it could be anywhere from ketamine in a doctor's office in a medical setting to mushrooms out in nature to MDMA at a concert is therapeutic for people. 
you know, like I can speak personally, I don't mix my psychedelics and, and recreational activities. Like, mm-hmm. um, like I mentioned, like concerts and, and MDMA, for example, mm-hmm. I, I just personally don't find myself comfortable in those situations. And I've yeah. learned from, from trying that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I do find very helpful is, you know, mushrooms with a small group of very trusted people that, that I feel very intimately comfortable with and sharing that experience with, you know, out in a very naturistic setting. Yeah. There's, you know, the, the therapeutic approach that Johns Hopkins and, and MAPS are doing a fantastic job with, of, you know, two trained facilitators with you that have experience with the medicine. That's often in a a clinical setting, of course, because they are doing clinical research. But, you know, I think of people like um, a lot of, of parents, for example, that, you know, unfortunately grew up with the the brainwashing from like, yeah. the, you know, 70s onward of, you know, they likely, most of them are, will only feel comfortable doing something like this if it's prescribed by a doctor, you know, in a, a doctor's office in a medical setting. And if that's what works for them, great. And I think that should be an option that they have. And, you know, they should explore that. And I'm of the personal belief that, you know, a rising consciousness lifts all boats, that as you, you know, start to have one or two sessions with that that Western medical doctor that you prefer, that you'll start to realize, like, okay, I, I am more comfortable with these medicines from experience and having learned about them and read up on them and integrating them that, you know, I can work towards uh, doing them in the privacy of my own home or with a small group of trusted friends or colleagues or, you know, who knows, going to a, a festival and, and experiencing that. But you have to find that kind of first door in, like crawl before you can walk and and find any any inlet that that you're comfortable with and explore that and start to kind of grow your knowledge and experience from there. And I really think it starts with just talking to trustworthy, like-minded, experienced individuals that can share their experiences and and you can learn from that and get started. Yeah. I'm curious what categories you're focused on or what, um, you know, kind of drugs, plant medicine. I mean, we're talking about things that are, you know, plant-based. We've, you know, you're mentioning some things that are, you know, lab-based. I mean, w- what's the world of things that you are focusing on developing communities around? Is there anything you're excluding from that? How do you kind of define your scope and boundaries? Yeah, really anything that alters consciousness we're, we're interested in. <laughs> so, um, I mean, caffeine and coffee alters consciousness, right? It, it changes you. Yeah. Well, breath work can alter consciousness, right? You right, don't necessarily exactly. need a chemical. Like, yeah. So how do you deal with some of those things or where, where do you kind of focus? Yeah, I, it's all on the table in terms of, you know, you're trying to craft the best thing for you and i should say best things for you whatever that means so Mm -hmm. it could be meditating journaling microdosing it could be no meditating one large macrodose every six months and breath work it could be only sound baths like there's there's so much out there and you know it's not like you're just gonna like find it it's like boom that's it like you know i found my my solution to be healthy it's just trying these new things and having it out with a group of people you like and are also trying to improve themselves. And I think a perfect example of this is one of our first events was a breathwork 101. It was just, you know, an introduction to, to breathwork. We did a, a 45 minute session with um, our friends over at Inward Breathwork. And I had never done it before. I was looking forward to that because I had heard things about it. And I was like, it sounds awesome. You can just breathe and have like a near psychedelic experience. That's like, I, I almost didn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that, that experience was incredible to the point that I would say three out of every four days since then, I do some form of 15 minute breath work or longer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure most people would agree that like to, 
to introduce anything into your daily routine that's 15 minutes or longer, it takes a lot to get to that point. Like it's, it's not that easy to just, you know, change up your, your daily practice of anything. Yeah. So like, that's something I found that just helped me so much that, you know, out of nowhere, it, it's come in and been now like a major part of my spiritual health practice over the last couple months. And all just because went to this one-on-one course and, and tried it out. So, and I know a few other of our community members have started a daily or near, near daily breathwork practice that didn't have one because of this. So it's, you know, extrapolating on that, it's having, you know, sound baths, what are those? Binaural beats, what are those? Uh, mm-hmm. All these different healing modalities. And, you know, we're partnering with some like CPG companies that do, you know, mushroom, functional mushroom infused beer that's non-alcoholic. So, you know, in all aspects of our life, bringing in, you know, this health, I want to feel the best I can and be the best person I can be. And yeah, I'll reiterate, I really think it comes from just experimenting and finding what works for you, what doesn't, and, you know, pushing your boundaries and, and starting to form that practice over time so that, you know, your, your future self will thank you for, for <laughs> finding what has, has made that person so great. I love that. I, I use that future self-concept a lot when I'm dealing with coaching and <laughs> helping people <laughs> make some decisions about what they want to do. It's like, okay, what would your future self ask you to do? Have you dealt with kind of the legal side of this, right? Because we're dealing with a whole bunch of things that are either schedule one, schedule three, you know, are a little vague on kind of what their, what legality you can grow them, but you can't process them, right? Like there's all this kind of various kind of legal conundrums that we're in around this stuff. How do you kind of handle this from, you know, building a community around this and what are the, how have you navigated the, that part of this kind of industry? Yeah. The, the first thing I did was hire a great lawyer and Good. that is yeah. a Hadassah Alterman shout out with Plant Medicine Law Group who they focus in plant medicine and cannabis in particular law. And, you know, I, I fully understand that if we break the law, we jeopardize the great community that we are building and, and will have into the future. And it's just foolish to to risk something at that expense so it's the, it's the first thing we did and we're very clear that you know we don't deal with buying or selling product we we don't do anything that that breaks the law with regards to these controlled substances we don't condone using them we are just purely informational and people sharing experiences that they've had in life or are going to have in the future but nothing around you know how to get them or or anything of that nature and you know Topics that are in the gray area have come up a few times. Uh, we had a community member post about their home grow that they're doing. And, you know, depending on the laws are wacky with this, like you can buy the spores in some states, but you can't yeah. grow them where in other states, it's just chaos as is every law. <laughs> but, you know, there was a, a post in the gray area that we didn't know if the state the person was posting from allows this. So, you know, we, we took it down. I reached out to the community member. I'm like, hey, just because we're not sure we're going to like, you know, put this on pause. I'm going to get clarification from the legal team. We'll get back to you. And it turned out like it was great. We communicated with that. We added it to our guidelines. So, you know, I think that any, you know, community contract, community guidelines should be a dynamic document. Yep. So, you know, as we learn new things and it's a very murky legal landscape, we are constantly adding and having the community kind of grow that, that shared contract that we all have. So we're learning as we go, but we are very much on the cautious side that we don't want to even think about jeopardizing this this great thing we're building. And, you know, it's actually helped in other ways, too. Like 
one of our community members found a Instagram account that is literally selling mushroom chocolates just like out in the open, like not hiding it. <laughs> uh, and, you know, they posted it They're like, how is this legal? Like this, <laughs> this seems yeah. very illegal. One of our members tried to investigate by DMing them to try to buy product. And it turns out they actually DMed a uh, fraud account of this account, which is already doing illegal activity. That was, you know, likely just trying to get them to Venmo them some money and never send them anything. Scam, but, yeah. Yeah, the the fact that you know this is a reality, it's going to keep happening. I constantly, every every couple of weeks, see something pop up that's either clearly breaking the law or getting extremely close to it, or you know, just trying to uh, looking like they're trying to profit off of the term psychedelic. Like there's a company called themselves Psychedelic Water. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's just like water. <laughs> uh, they have like, you know, some non-psychedelic compounds that might, you know, might alter consciousness in a way, but it is not yeah. a, a psychedelic. So, you know, the community has been awesome at, you know, finding these things, asking for opinions. Like, hey, has anyone tried this? Like, is it legitimate? Is this reputable? Are they breaking the law? And we'll have a great mix of people coming in that, you know, can speak from the legal side, can speak from the like, yeah, I've tried it or I know someone that has. Or, you know, same thing with like international retreats, like, oh, I've gone to that one. They're great. I highly recommend it. Or, you know, I have a friend that went to this one and uh, their ethical practices concern me. I wouldn't go to that one if you're thinking about doing an international retreat. So it's a great way to like truly tap into the collective knowledge of the community and and really, you know, try to to set the landscape straight for ourselves and, and anyone that, that joins and, and is able to both contribute and benefit from from that knowledge. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about where you are with the community. How, how have things developed? What have been some of the successes, some of the challenges? You know, the, uh, developing a community is not easy. <laughs> so I'm, cu- I'm curious how things have played out. Yeah, no, it's definitely tough. I mean, community is I view it similar to, you know, how you get your closest friends. Like, I'm sure none of your closest friends today you just met within the last week. (laughs) Like, it it takes a lot of time. Uh, Community needs time to grow and to develop. We're putting a big focus on really getting people to just meet each other. We recently started our Frequencies program, which is our one-on-one connections, where we will handpick someone in the community that we think you should have a 30-minute one-on-one with. And we base that off of just, you know, what we've seen in the community in terms of the content that you both post and what you're interested in and uh, geographic location and, you know, a few other factors that it's kind of a, a gut feel from, you know, how we see the community develop. And then, um, you know, the the in-person events that I mentioned, really having that meet people face to face, because I'm sure you and you know anyone that has experience with psychedelic compounds knows like that it's very hard to beat the in-person feel of that energy and shared you know frequency and vibration that uh especially with everything being on video zoom the internet these days um we are all craving a bit of that so putting our, our focus there is is important and i'm really thrilled that you know we do at least every month and for some of our members more a, a monthly feedback form just to make sure that we're staying aligned with what our members want us to be and and really creating it with with our our group and not you know for them so the the biggest thing we've seen is people absolutely love the the people that are in there so you know the feedback is often this is a great group of people like i, I can't believe how many all-stars we have in here like everyone has you know great things to contribute i feels very safe and secure and i feel like i know everyone here so you know i 
I personally don't think it's worth making this community if we don't have those things, the, the safety, the security, the intimate feeling, and the, the integrity of not having trolls or people trying to buy or sell drugs or people yeah. judging in any way. Like we haven't had a single case of someone saying something that they shouldn't have said to another person in the community, which is very challenging to do for an online community. Yeah. So um, I, I hope it stays that way. And we have plans in place to address if and when that hopefully not when, but if yeah, that ever happens. If it does happen, yeah. So, you know, the fact that that's coming through and that that was my intention for this community since day one and it's showing itself in, in the feedback we're getting from the members is, is something I'm really proud of. And where do you hope to be three, four or five years time? Like what does success look like? You know, if all the, if you continue to be, to build this community, what, what impact do you hope it has? What does the community look like? Give me some sense of where you're really taking this. Yeah. I'll give you the, uh, the 10 year down the line vision Ooh, I even have. Even better. And yeah. <laughs> it's funny because my, my second biggest love in life is live music and concerts. But like I mentioned, I do not mix the two together. So separately two of my favorite things, just, you know, for me, not, not a, a connected thing, but I fully see us, you know, 10 years from now when the government has realized that they can't stop this train, it's, it's too, too beneficial to people. And they say, well, we might as well legalize it and start taxing it so that we get our cut that, you know, we can have that trust and secure feel. And, you know, our brand is known. We have that affinity that like, they've been trustworthy since day one, like since they started, they, they communicate clearly their member like everyone that's a member like we trust that we do the right thing all these things that you want in a brand and and often you just don't find and you know we can vertically integrate and have you know a music festival where you can get your product from us you know it's good that we source ethically and we we test it we have a trained therapist and a water station and a place to lie down anything else you might need for your experience maybe having our own festival one day. Uh, we actually have our in-person retreat, our first annual one in Joshua Tree coming up at the end of September, yeah. uh, which will be around the time this releases. And I would absolutely love to see that turn into, you know, a annual or biannual, you know, burning man of sorts that is a, a wellness event that, that our members love coming to, that we, you know, can do music and these sound baths and integration and, and sitting together, getting to know each other in person and, and all these wonderful things. So I fully see that, you know, 10 years down the line in terms of the near future. I really think it's, it's growing the community and growing it within those, those parameters I mentioned of, of keeping that, that safe, secure feeling and that intimate feeling mm -hmm. and finding ways to to reach anyone that could could gain value from being a part of our community and and contribute value as well as as lending their perspective to the rest of the group and answering questions and you know being a, a mentor to to other community members and things of that nature. So okay. as we grow, love to get you know more of that in-person feel to reach as many people that are looking for something like this as possible and to you know continue to to grow the awareness among everyone that you know these are medicines they're not drugs they are things that are helping people now they've been helping people forever they will continue to be and you know we are not pushing them on anyone we are just people that understand their value and we say you know if you want to understand how they can be of of use to you and helpful to you come join us and collectively we will help you find your individual path and and help you cultivate that to to become the person that that you hope to be in the future yeah. Doug, if people want to find out more about you, about the community, what's the best way to get that information? Yeah. So you can see our website is empathic.health. 
You can also follow us on LinkedIn at Empathic Health. You can find my personal one. If you just look up Doug Finkelstein, that's pretty much it for now. We don't, as of now, have a Instagram or, or anything like that. It's been an internal struggle of uh, the, the need to meet people where they are, but also understanding the behemoth that, that Facebook is and some of these social channels. Um, so, you know, have to do what's in the best interest of the, the community. So we'll, we'll likely have one at some point. But for now, yeah, uh, empathic.health, the website, and then uh, Doug Finkelstein or Empathic Health on, on LinkedIn. I'll make sure that the links and everything are on the show notes so people can get that information. Encourage everyone to check it out. Doug, this Amazing. has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Yeah, thank you, Bruce. Pleasure to be here. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Psychedelic Invest Podcast. If you liked this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and leave us a review. You can find more episodes on all the major podcasting platforms and our website at psychedelicinvest.com slash podcast.